the undraftedfreeagent.com mid-major podcast with your host, Chris McKee. There's Samuel with the steal. Get your phones out. Tyree Samuel posterizes Alex Nawaga. Come on now. Lugans. Dort. Oh, my. Brzdikas with another steal. Spots up for three this time and drains it. Ignis Brzdikas. Electric first step. Blows by everyone. Kobe Elvis. He's got them all shook up. Keyshawn for three. And there it is. Keyshawn Bartholomew. You don't want to let him heat up. All day, Kyler Filowich. They can't stop him. Moncrief! Sneaks in the back door, hammers it down. Matthew Alexander Moncrief. Ooh! Welcome, UndraftedFreeAgent.com mid-major podcast. I'm your host, Chris McKee. Thanks for joining me once again. As usual... We're going to start off with the AP Top 25. So last week, the Gonzaga Bulldogs were the number one team in the country. They beat San Francisco comfortably, but have now slipped to the number two team in the country with Auburn taking over the number one spot. And that's Auburn's first time in the history of their program. They're a number one team, so good for them. Auburn beat Kentucky this week. I watched a bit of that game, so certainly rightfully so, them overtaking Gonzaga. I mean, the Zags beat... San Fran, who San Fran going into the game, I believe, was 15-3. and three. It had a couple decent wins, but watched the entire game the other night. And a uh, close game for the first half, but then the Zags just pulled away in the second half. Different gear, which is pretty much what they seem to do in every West Coast Conference game. A couple times last year, they were in it at the half against uh, you know BYU. I think Santa Clara gave them a game. Pepperdine gave them like half a game at one point, and then they just go second gear, second half, and run over everyone. So, really impressed with Chet Holmgren in that game. The more I watch Chet, the more I believe uh, he's certainly not going to leave the top 10. Is he a lottery pick? Don't know. Certainly probably going to get a look at that. But I cannot see a guy who's seven foot one and can shoot, right? That's what the NBA is. Can you shoot? And Chet certainly can. He's got amazing range. And he's also got a pretty decent post game. You know, is he Akeem Olajuwon in the post? No. But I think certainly the influence of Drew Timmy around him has helped him be able to play with his back to the basket more so than a lot of guys you know like him his age and so Chet definitely growing he looks spectacular Drew Timmy was spectacular in the game my guy Andrew Nemhart was spectacular in the game um, so pretty good team performance by the Zags over San Francisco and San Francisco just lackluster they got a couple guys they're not bad I think they'll give them a run at home because they get them sometime in late February. They get Gonzaga on their home court in San Francisco. So I think San Fran may be able to give them a little bit of a better game, uh, you know, at home because certainly the crowd, you know, at Gonzaga was was amazing. So uh, we'll see. But as of right now, I can't see anyone touching the Zags in the West Coast Conference. My question is, you know, they're going to probably drop another two or three spots because they're just going to keep running over West Coast Cupcakes. And, you know, will the AP voters, you know, liken some of the stuff, you know, some of the other major program teams are doing to be like, oh, yeah, well, they, they just beat Kentucky. They just beat Tennessee. So we're going to move them ahead of Gonzaga, move them ahead of Gonzaga. Excuse me. So I don't know. I mean, will the Zags be a number one seed come March? They should be. Um, absolute worst, maybe a two. But, uh, yeah, it's um, I, I believe they're a Final Four team. I believe this is the year Gonzaga is going to win the national championship. So we'll see. Speaking of that, I was just scrolling through my phone because I'm recording this late at night. I usually do the pods in the day, but scheduling, whatever. I'm recording this at like 945 on a Tuesday night. And 
Uh, Missouri was beating Auburn, you know, in, in the middle when I well before I started recording this. So we'll see. The Zags may be back at number one next week, anyway. So next up for Gonzaga, they have Loyola Marymount, who's nine and eight on Thursday, the twenty seventh, I believe. And so you know, the Zags going to run over them about. 10,000 to 1. I, I wrote an article about this last year on undraftedfreeagent.com about you know the possibility of is it time for Gonzaga to lead the West Coast Conference? I know this is the hottest take ever for anyone who is a Zags fan, but um, you know, who are they playing? Who are they beating? Now, the argument is, well, they're going to run through everyone in the West Coast Conference and they're going to get into the NCAA tournament just about every single year. So why would you go away from that? Makes sense. But eventually, don't you want to play with the big boys? Don't you want to, you know, Iron sharpens iron, the best against the best. And so now the rub is that somebody pointed out to me is, well, Gonzaga doesn't have football, right? And so for them to go to the Pac-12, why does the Pac-12 want them if they don't have a football team? So who knows? But I just, I don't know. I mean, Mark Fuse done an outstanding job out of conference scheduling, um, you know, early in the season against some really good teams. So, I mean, it is what it is. But I just think it always hurts Gonzaga. The later in the year they go, they're playing against cupcakes. They get run over. And then, you know, it, it killed them last year. They went up against the Baylor team that ended up torching them in the finals. And now Baylor's a national champ and the Zags aren't. But I think should be the year they get it. We'll see. Anyways, the other mid-major team that entered the AP Top 25 this week is Davidson. Davidson 16-2 in the A-10 their two losses are against San Francisco, who we just talked about, and New Mexico State, which is a pretty decent uh, mid-major team. So, I mean, a couple decent losses. But I looked at Davidson's schedule. Their only real win of note was against Alabama. Uh, and then Alabama lost again tonight to a really bad Georgia team. So they beat Bama back on December 21st, 79-78. Aside from that, they just beat some A-10 teams. And I talked about this last week in the pod. The A-10 is not the premier mid-major conference like they have been in years past. They're a painfully average mid-major conference. I mean, VCU's okay. Some of the, I mean, Fordham was actually having a pretty good year. Um, and I think they lost their leading score or whatever. But the A-10 is down. I don't know why Davidson is ranked this high. They got a bunch of games coming up against like St. Louis, VCU. Someone's going to get them. So expect Davidson to drop out of the AP Top 25 pretty quick. It, it just, this is one of those, like, you can tell the AP Top 25 voters don't watch, don't watch mid-major hoops. They just look and go, oh yeah, Davidson 16-2, A-10, cool, yeah, throw them in. Like, I remember they had the Bonnies ranked earlier this year. St. Bonaventure's not a good team. Uh, you know, I can't see them making the tournament. If they do make the tournament, they're going to be a first-round knockout. And so um, the A-10 is down. I'm not sold on Davidson being a ranked team and expect them to be out of the top 25 soon. And then I saw BYU had the you know the most votes of the teams. Not a, BYU is terrible, painfully average. Gonzaga's going to run over them. And so I, I just, my gosh, how do I get a vote? I mean, I vote on the All-American team and, uh, you know, the player of the year and, you know, coach of the year and that. I get a vote as a member of the United States Basketball Writers Association, but this AP Top 25, I mean, there's they need more people who actually watch mid-majors because they certainly don't have it. So the team that fell out of the Top 25, the other mid-major, Loyola Chicago, they were ranked number 22, but then got upset by Missouri State. Isaiah Mosley, who this guy's a really good player. Uh, Isaiah Mosley, 40 points against Loyola Chicago and just ran over them. And so now Loyola Chicago drops out of the AP Top 25. And then the irony is, just tonight, Missouri State loses to Indiana State. And so the MVC completely wide open. Um, I was on the MVC coaches call yesterday, like I am every single Monday. So I had the chance to chat with Drew Valentine, the Loyola Chicago head coach, at yesterday's MVC coaches call and asked him about 
You know, what was the conversation like after your guys lost? They're still number one team in the MVC. So what'd you really say to them? That's what he said. So, I mean, you lose over the weekend, but you're still in first place in the MVC. What was the conversation like with your guys to maybe kind of get them to pump the brakes, uh, you know, maybe not let panic set in? Yeah. Um, like you said, you know, you're, you're, there's games every single year and, and this group is experienced. So they understand that, you know, there's going to just, they're just going to be games where no matter how good you, you know, could have possibly played, the other team was just playing so well um, and had it rolling so good that there was nothing you could do, you know, um, every single year that, that I've been here at Loyola and, you know, guys like Lucas, guys like Ahir, um that have been here for multiple years uh, and have won multiple championships, they understand that, you know, as much as we want to go um, undefeated, I guess, in league, you know, just it's it's hard to happen in such a really good, talented league with such good coaches and good players and good teams. So um, there's no need to panic. And uh, but there's, you know, things that we have to improve on. And, and there's, you know, there's a reason why we lost. And so we have to um, address those things and, and, and try to learn from them, but also remain confident in our abilities and, and understand that, you know, Besides this Missouri State loss, our only other losses are the two top 10 teams in the country. So just continue to keep that in perspective. And um, like you said, don't let it snowball into the next game. So there's Drew Valentine, Loyola Chicago head coach. So mention the MVC completely wide open right now. It's a really good conference. I think it's a, a slight bit behind where they were last year. You know, no Cam recruit wig. A couple other guys graduated, but um Still some really good teams. You had Missouri State lost tonight, now fall to 15 and 7, 6 and 3 in MVC play. You got Drake, who's still pretty good. Drake's been dealing with some injury issues. Tank Hemhill. Uh, I forget who else is injured. Someone else is injured, but they've been struggling. If they can get their guys healthy, Drake was the preseason favorite to win the MVC. So they're certainly going to be in the mix. You and I, uh, Northern Iowa is a pretty good team. They're certainly capable of doing it. Bradley, I watched him last week. Not a bad team. Southern Illinois, who's playing Loyola Chicago tonight. Loyola was ahead. I'll, I'll try to check on that before I end the pod. Um, Illinois State, Valpo, all in the mix. So the MVC is wide open. This is one of those years where I think, you know, one of the teams, when they get to that conference tournament, the third or fourth place team could pull it off. And so one of those teams that's certainly kind of hanging around, they took Loyola Chicago to double overtime last week, and that's Valparaiso. So I asked their head coach, Matt Lodich, yesterday um, about, you know, when you see Loyola Chicago losing, and now there's just this kind of like cluster in the middle of the pack of the MVC. Does it give you any hope? This was his response. Hey, Matt. Well, first of all, I'm in Canada, so I don't want to hear about your shoveling issue right now. <laughs> Okay, so, but um, when you see some of the results over the past weekend, Loyola losing, um, maybe give you a little bit more, you know, pep in your in your step uh, heading to practice this week. That you know what, maybe um, we still got a shot here. Yeah, I mean, you know, for um, you know, we try to obviously we look at other scores and things. You know, I try to focus on us and and you know exactly what we need to do to get better. Um, again, I, I I like our talent. Um, you know, I do know that we have a lot of new players and, and a lot of times when you have new players like that, it's just, you know, it, it takes time. You know, basketball is a game um, that, you know, if you play together for a long time, I mean, you're just going to be better. And so, you know, we're trying to fast forward all this stuff. I, again, I do think that, um, you know, guys are trusting a little more in one another. I think they're understanding a little bit more in one another. And I think ultimately that's why, why we've been able to kind of close out some of these closer um, games that we've had. Um, 
but it, you know, the Valley, it, it doesn't surprise me. You know, I think that, um, you know, Mike sent out a couple of things about how our, our, our games have been closer than any games that um, in the country. Um, and, and I think a lot of that has to do with just the parity in the league um, across the board and no easy games, you know, everyone can beat you. And um, obviously Missouri state proved that I mean, going to, to Loyola, and, and, and winning, you know, pretty handedly and having a guy that had 40 points, you know, at Loyola. I mean, that's, that's pretty impressive. So yeah, Valpo 10 and 10. Um, they're not a bad team. I, they've got some guys, I, like I said, you know, they, they took Loyola Chicago to uh, double overtime. Ben Cricky, really nice player. My guy, Darius Diavero, freshman out of Orangeville Prep here in Canada. I did his high school games for three years. Son of a head coach, his father, David, been a part of the Canadian national team. He's the head coach of Ryerson University, which is here in Toronto. Really big, really big program. So son of a head coach, really good player. And uh, Valpo certainly has some players to make a deep run in the MVC tournament. And uh, we'll see. So when you listen to those comments there from Matt Lodich, when I was joking with him at the beginning about the shoveling. So he started off his press conference talking about how exhausted he was from shoveling snow in Indiana. And I'm like, dude, I'm in Canada. We, you should see the snow. Where there's snow happening right now. It's one of the most, you know, craziest snowfalls uh, I've seen in the past decade or so here in Canada. So I'm like, I don't want to hear about your show, your snow shoveling issues in Indiana. I'm in Canada. So that was the uh, the joke we were talking about. So also some good news. So today and yesterday a little busy. So I'm on the email list for a bunch of mid-major, you know, conferences. And that's obviously, you know, I'm on the MVC one. I get invited to their coaches call. I did the Mid-American one last week. Chatted with Rick Patino briefly. Messed up my question with him. I feel horrible. That's why I haven't played the audio of that because I buggered the question up to the legend Rick Patino. But I got added to the Mid-American Conference email list. So hopefully be able to, to get some coaches audio from that as well as some other information. The West Coast Conference finally got added today because I, I, they, they kind of blew me off last year. So hopefully get some more Gonzaga content. And also the Sun Belt. Love the Sun Belt. It's usually one of the tighter conferences in college basketball, so hopefully provide a little bit more of that content. But we'll start with the MAC. So tonight, uh, Toledo just beat Buffalo. I actually listened to the game on the radio. I was dropping my son at his soccer practice, and they beat Buffalo by 11, I believe was the final, pretty comfortable. Uh, but I watched the entire game over the weekend, Toledo, Ohio, who are the two best teams in the Mid-American Conference. And... Uh, Toledo beat Ohio 87-69 behind Ryan Rollins, 25 points. Ryan Rollins, number one in the Mid-American Conference and scoring right now from Toledo. Really nice player. Uh, this was a fantastic game. So uh, Toledo way up at the half. I mean, they're up by 19-20 or so at the half. And then Ohio comes out in the second half just chipping away at it. Made a couple good runs, hitting threes. And they got the lead down to six, and Ohio, or so then Toledo would get it back up to around 10, 11. And this was a seesaw battle. They kept chipping it away down to six, but they couldn't, they couldn't pull it out. Now, one, it was impressive that Toledo was able to fight off those runs and kind of settle down and end up pulling away late. And also really impressive from Ohio, the Bobcats, because, you know, they're down 19, 20 at the half, and they came out with some real fight. And so what it says is both teams, I believe, are... They're special. You know, it's to me, the MAC is down to a three horse league. We've got Toledo, we got Ohio, and I think Akron also in that mix. You know, you got Buffalo and Kent State just below them in the standings. I've watched them both a couple times over the past two weeks. Painfully average team. Teams, this is not your Buffalo under Nate Oates in 2017 or so, you know, going to the NCAA tournament, beating Arizona, whatever, 2017, 18, when they had men. 
Uh, it's a different team. They have some decent players. It's a good basketball team. And that's not to say they can't get better over the next month or other guys get hurt. But as of right now, the MAC is a three-horse race. Toledo, number one in the MAC. Who now? What are they? Sixteen and four after that win. Uh, and that would be eight and one in the MAC after the win tonight over Buffalo. You got Ohio at fourteen and three and five and one. Ohio won tonight. Forget who they beat. Uh, somebody pretty easy. And then Akron at twelve and five and five and two in the MAC. So watch out for that. Uh, MAC's going to be a pretty good race heading down the stretch. So last night I was at work doing my traffic reporting as usual for Newstalk 1010, one of the big stations here in Toronto, as well as Flow 93.5, the hip-hop station. And I always have some hoops on uh, the computer next to me sitting watching. So I watched the entire Norfolk State uh, against Morgan State. I believe the final was 82-62. So Morgan State, uh, not a bad squad, but Norfolk State, hands down the number one team in the MEAC. They made it to the NCAA tournament last year. Norfolk State, 14-4 right now. Really good team, bunch of good players. It's just a tough team. They got men on that squad, and I think you're going to see Norfolk State back in the NCAA tournament again. They're by far and away the cream of the crop of the MEAC. Good basketball team. The rest of that conference, not up to par, right? But Norfolk State, certainly, you know, you put them in the Mid-American, you put them in the West Coast Conference, it's going to be a really good team. So watch out for them. Sneaky team come March Madness. Watch out for Norfolk State, man. They got some players. It's also mentioned got added to the Sunbelt email media list, so hopefully jump on some uh, media calls with them. And so I, I seen John Rothstein tweet out yesterday talking about how, um, who's the guy, Steve Forbes, who used to be the East Tennessee head coach and is now the Wake head coach, and he's done it through transfers. He's, he's figured out that if you just get transfers, older guys, you can, uh, you can really make a program. And I'm like, Richie Riley's been doing this from time. He did it at Nichols State. Richie Riley, the head coach at South Alabama, you know, Richie turned around Nichols State. They hadn't won a conference in 20 years. He won the Southland regular season conference, and now he's doing some really great things down in South Alabama. I believe it's about his fourth year down there right now. Um, so South Alabama, 14-5 and five in the Sun Belt right now, 4-2 and two in conference. They're in third place. Arkansas State, the number one team in the Sun Belt, at 4-1 and one in conference, 13-4 overall. It's a pretty wide open race. You got Appalachian State in the mix as well at 12 and 9, but 6 and 2 in the Sun Belt. And then Troy State as well under my guy Scott Cross. Really like Scott. I had a chance to interview him a few years ago when he was the head coach at UT Arlington and fired in a very strange fashion. The guy had a bunch of great runs and he's, he's a UTA alum and uh, they canned him in, in a really weird way. So finally, I believe this is his third year at Troy. And they're really starting to come together. It's a really good, really good team. Watched them play a couple weeks ago. And so I think those four teams, Arkansas State, Appalachian State, South Alabama, and Troy, that's going to be you know one of your winners of the Sun Belt. And you'll see one of them in the NCAA tournament. So finally, my favorite section of the UndraftedFreeAgent.com mid-major podcast. Don't forget, follow me on Twitter, at Mr. McKee. Also, the undrafted socials, undrafted underscore FA. We're building the Twitter, starting to post some more content. The Instagram, I got about 150 followers on there, trying to grow it. So please add me on Instagram, undrafted underscore free. I show some of the, the videos and interviews I have with these coaches, as well as different highlights and stuff like that, and my articles. So please drop me a follow. But this week's... Under the radar player. So number one, Mark Sears on the Ohio Bobcats. If you haven't seen this guy, he is electric. 6'1 point guard out of Muscle Shoals, Alabama. He's a sophomore. Was a backup last year playing behind guys like Jason Peters, who's now in the NBA. But uh, Mark Sears right now, number three in the MAC in scoring. He's got 19.2 points per game. He's just behind 
Uh, Ryan Rollins at Toledo, who's at 19.7. So Mark Sears certainly could be the leading scorer in the MAC by the end of this year. In that loss to Toledo the other night, mentioned they were down about 19 at the half, and it was all Mark Sears. This guy was just on fire. He was like heat checking, heat checking, three, three, three. Electric shooter, outstanding score, really good ball handler, and he's got some fight in him. He's got some toughness. Mentioned they've got him listed at they've got him listed at six one. You know, maybe a little generous. I don't know. Haven't stood next to the guy coming out of high school. Just a three star recruit. The only other offer I saw of note that he had was from UAB. But uh, ends up at Ohio. His season high this year, 33 points against a pretty decent USC Upstate team. I watched him play a couple weeks ago. Not a bad squad. That was back on December 21st. So this guy certainly going to be in the mix for first team All-Mac. Maybe even player of the year. So Mark Sears at Ohio. If you haven't seen him, this guy can play. And finally, my other under-the-radar player this week, not necessarily under the radar, but he's the leading scorer in NCAA basketball, Antoine Davis at Detroit Mercy. I've talked about Antoine quite a bit uh, on the pod over the past two years. I mean, he's the best scorer in the country. He's averaging 24.4 points per game right now. The only issue is Detroit Mercy, just 6-10 and 10 on the season, but they're just getting into Horizon League play. I watched Antoine Dway uh, Davis last week. Uh, against Milwaukee, where he became the leading scorer in school history. I mean, it's almost like high school ball, Detroit Mercy, what they play. It's The game plan is get Antoine the ball. So there's numerous sets where they just do the old NBA, where you know you, you spread everyone out, put one guy in one corner, one guy just let Antoine go one-on-one -on -one against his defender, and more often than not, he's going to torch them. He's definitely a pro. Uh, he's not going to get drafted in the NBA. Will he get a look? Yes, uh, via the G League, certainly. I don't know how he is defensively. I haven't analyzed him enough like that. But certainly offensively, he's the leading scorer in the country. He can fill it up. He can shoot the three. He's an exceptional ball handler. He's the son of a head coach. Obviously, Mike Davis is head coach. Um, and I talked about this a while back when uh, Mike was the head coach at Texas Southern. I remember interviewing him, and he was kind of sleepy in the interview. And I was like, you know, this is like late afternoon, 4 or 5 o'clock, whatever we're talking. And he says, oh, well, we, we get up at 6 a.m. every morning with my son and shoot hoops, take a 1,000 shots every morning, uh, you know, and he's, he's pretty, you know, highly recruited. And I think initially uh, Antoine had committed to Houston at a high school. I know he had some offers there, which I think he was there right now. My gosh, what that would have done for his career. But a last playing for his old man. Then he committed to Texas Southern where he was going to play for his dad, and then his, dog, his dad got the Detroit Mercy job, so he switched there. He's been a three-time first-team All-Horizon League player. He's an outstanding player. I mean, you got to watch him play. The guy can fill it up. Number one in the country It's scoring. So, hey, watch out for Antoine Davis. And I think certainly this guy's going to get paid to play next year somewhere. Uh, definitely G League. And then we'll see if he can work his way into the NBA. So I'm excited. Aside from that, I'm finally back doing some play-by-play. -play. You know, I'm here in Ontario and Canada, and we're in lockdown. There's all sorts of government restrictions, nothing that, like what's happening in the U.S. where you guys are fully open and the world is normal. Things are really crazy here in Ontario. But, I, you know, obviously this isn't a political podcast, so I'll save my opinions for that. But uh, I haven't had the chance to do as much play-by-play -play as I'd like. But I am doing Orangeville Prep, number one high school team in the country which is where, you know, I've talked about this on the pod a hundred times, Jamal Murray, uh, Lugans Dort, O'Shea Brissett is with Indiana, a whole bunch of NBA guys, and dozens upon dozens of guys all across the NCAA. And uh, I've been their play-by-play -play guy for five years. So I'm back tomorrow, we're doing a game. And then they had a couple cancellations earlier. So Friday, I'm calling another game. And then again, Monday, so three games in a week. 
Can't believe how stoked I am for that. So uh, if you follow undraftedfreeagent.com, I'll be posting videos. A lot of the recruits, they got a ton of guys. I mean, they got a 6'11 kid named Jeremy Fumina who's out of Montreal. I know he took a visit down to Washington State. He's got interest from Georgetown. Uh, a whole bunch of high major programs. So you'll be hearing about Jeremy Fumina. They got a guard, um, Jefferson Monegro, who's got an offer from Oklahoma State, a couple other. So there's a whole bunch of kids on this Orangeville team. You can just check out the YouTube stream on Wednesday night, Friday night, or Monday. Type in Orangeville Prep on YouTube and you can hear my call. It is outstanding basketball. And so there's so universities here in Ontario are not allowed to play. The government has shut them down because they're not deemed elite. So that's ridiculous. So if university and college here in Ontario, you can't even practice right now because of all the government restrictions, but Orangeville Prep is deemed elite, and so they're still playing. So that's why it's really special that I'm going to be able to call some games this week because you know even the universities aren't even playing here, which is an absolute joke and criminal. Um, but either way, it is what it is, um, and that's that. So you can check me out, check out my socials. I'll be posting some videos. So thanks for joining me on DraftedFreeAgent.com mid-major podcasts. Another episode, I'm going to keep on churning them out, back to it, kind of a little bit more full-time now as we head towards March Madness. So thanks for listening, and again, hit me up at Mr. McKee. We'll chat soon. The UndraftedFreeAgent.com mid-major podcast with your host, Chris McKee. There's Samuel with the steal. Get your phones out. Tyree Samuel posterizes Alex Nawaga. Come on now. Lugans. Lord, oh my! with another steal, spots up for three this time, and drains it. Ignis Brzdikas, electric first step, blows by everyone. Kobe Elvis, he's got them all shook up. Keyshawn for three, and there it is. Keyshawn Bartholomew, you don't want to let him heat up. All day, Kyler Filowich, they can't stop him. Moncrief! Sneaks in the back door, hammers it down. Matthew Alexander Moncrief. Ooh!